killing. What the? Yeah. You stop hitting this man? Oh, told you. 45 percent stay. That's dead. That was a 15 second combo. Jesus. Infiltration. <laughs> God damn. We Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Best of Five, a weekly FTC talk show presented by your friends on Twitch. Myself, a friend. Michael Donkashiller, and we have John over there. Uh, John, you okay, John? John, John, no, <laughs> what no. happened, John? Where'd you go? <laughs> and we also have uh, Ace King Offsuit debuting that new tech. He's got that sweet, sweet green. Well, that's actually background. that's not even his new tech. That's actually his new apartment, right? You live right. All oh, right, the yeah. That's your view yeah. from your balcony. Um, yeah, this is the uh, <laughs> new Ace King Studios right here. Um, just one quick second. Uh, guys, I think we lost John. Um, I'm not sure what happened. He was there during the countdown. Now he's gone. What could it have been? Well, I heard Manat got a few buffs in season three, so maybe <laughs> yeah. he's just he's just decided Street Fighter's not for him anymore. No, but seriously, we need John back. John? Um, <laughs> John, you think you could... Uh, John, you think you could come back and uh, join the show? <laughs> This is the uh, last episode of Best of Five. Oh, God. John. 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 Hey, guys. Hey, dude. Uh, <laughs> John, um, I guess we could hold off for a second, and you could uh, tell us uh, how that all went down. You were actually at NCR. You were there. You got top eight in the Ultra Tournament. You did. Shout-outs to you, buddy. Um, yeah. you got I wasn't even going to sign up for that. I didn't realize they had a Street Fighter Four tournament and i was there i'm um, just picking up my badge and they're like are you playing five vicious was like are you playing five and i was or uh, four and i was like no how much is it five bucks well the line's nothing right now and so i signed up and and it was it was a fun it was a fun time much more fun than the street fighter five tournament if i do say so myself <laughs> hey you uh, you put in some work against infiltration and we'll get to that and you can uh, tell us how that all went down and give us your full report on ncr uh, we have a guest tonight. It's been a while, but uh, we have a guy, a friend of the show. We haven't had him on. We had him that one time on, like, it's damn been near years. two years ago. Yeah, literally years. Different incantation or incarnation. incarnation it was a different show. show. Yeah. I felt like there was some incantations involved. Um, <laughs> however, uh, he... To make it work, yeah. <laughs> he has officially opened uh, Super Dojo, Super Arcade in hey, Azusa. Blocking here. Shoutouts to Beats by Noel Brown. Uh, wait, let me get the, uh, claps going. You get a card. Yes. Yes. Ooh, That's very impressive. That's most sought after clap gift. Thank you. Thank you, Beats. Um, but going back to Watson, we have him on, one, to, uh, congratulate him on the opening of his arcade. It's been an ordeal, and he's going to explain to us what went into that. But we're also going to talk to him about this. Has the FGC gone soft? <laughs> we'll find <laughs> out. the one to ask. In about an hour. Um, We've had a lot of drama since the CPT started. Dude, what's going on, man? Unforced, too. I, I, I think they got rid of the no thuggery rule, and now it's just... <laughs> yeah, the thuggery's <laughs> back. <laughs> they open up the thuggery floodgates. We're up to 15 frames now. Oh, man. <laughs> um, but, as we always do, we'll have a recap. We'll have some other topics to go through. We'll talk about uh, Mena, Cobbagate. Uh, we'll talk about Goichi asking for bands. We'll talk about noise-canceling headphones. We'll talk about all that good stuff and more. But first... We'll have a recap of the weekend's action. Yeah, let's get started out in the UK with the Gfinity Elite Series. That regular season is winding down. Uh, week four out of five took place this past weekend. 
big win for Envious as they locked up a playoff spot. Hashtag United got their first win of the season. Epsilon and Fnatic getting wins as well. Uh, what does that mean for the table? Well, let's take a look with one week to go. Group A, Envious has locked up the top spot. Everyone else still in it for those last two playoff spots. Nordavind and Vitality have the inside track, but they've still got work to do. Uh, in Group B, Aries and Fnatic have locked up two of the top three spots. Uh, Method and Epsilon will fight it out for that third and final spot next week. Uh, our friends at Anime Ascension had... Uh, held their tournament this week this was the anime event run by axis games it had the big three axis or arxis games as well as dragon ball fighters they also had the first tournament for uh blaze blue tag uh if we take a look at the results there you see the lost soul taking it home in dbfz uh daru ino coming all the way over to uh beat kizzy k for the exert title skd under the PG banner for the first time, if I remember correctly, he takes Blaze Blue, and uh, Loli Maiko, your winner in uh, in uh, Unist. Of course, the big event this weekend was NCR. Uh, let's start with let's take a look at the big three, starting with Dragon Ball Fighter Z. No big surprise there. Goichi once again showing he's the man to beat, taking it over fellow Japanese player Moke in the grand final. Uh, Super Noon, Chris G rounding out the top four. Uh, Momochi, you see him tied for fifth. So U.S. able to beat at least one Japanese player this weekend. Uh, but it was sort of a rough week for USA versus Asia, and that was kind of a running pattern. Uh, if we take a look at Tekken, uh, it was a challenger event on the Tekken World Tour. Korea came over. Korea took our co points. They took our cookies. They took our milk. They took everything, man. Uh, Saint taking it over Kudans in the grand final. It was a ridiculous grand final, too. Um, Steve, you have the I don't want to yes. stop you right there. Um, what tournament are we looking at here? We are looking at... Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hey, I just want to make sure that we are here. looking at the right graphic, and this isn't last week's. It, it, it's just like... It's just like the calendar, the schedules I make on Twitter. I get one mistake. <laughs> uh, no, man, I went back and changed it all in our in our document. I changed it so I can troll Steve now. <laughs> Jokes on you guys. And thank you to Send Peasy for subbing. Thank you, Send Peasy, for subbing. Let us know in the chat what uh, GIF emote you want. Um, you make few and far between mistakes, Steve. But back to it. This is, this is but this is this is we this week's. Results, right? Yeah, this is this is NCR. Ignore what you see on the screen. Hey, uh, Saint Kudans, one two, Kakoma third, JDCR fourth, John Ding tied for fifth. Only lost to Koreans, which means that no Korean player lost to an American in Tekken this weekend. Whew. Twenty-one and zero in U.S. versus Korea sets. Not a great showing there, but you know there were some, there were some close calls. That set uh, that Trungi had was ridiculous. Uh, Joey Fury actually took a game off of JDCR uh, in their set, so it was close. It just didn't go the U.S. way. Um, 
But yeah, Korea continuing their dominance of the Tekken World Tour. Uh, and Asia continued that dominance into Street Fighter V as once again Tokido proving he's the man right now in that game, winning grand finals over the legend, the beast, lord and savior, depending <laughs> on religion, Daigo Umehara. Uh, Knuckle do an impressive weekend for him, uh, getting third. With Cammy. Yeah. With Cammy. And uh, we might be seeing a little bit more of that in the future. <laughs> Uh, Justin Wong also making top eight first time for him in a little bit. Uh, you see MenRD outside the top 12. A uh, little bit of a rough weekend for him uh, for multiple reasons. <laughs> well, we see Ricky at ninth is pretty impressive compared yeah. to results we've seen for a little bit. And then one more thing I'd like to note is that Tokido was all but about to lose in pools to Big Bird. I mean, like, 100 life lead to nothing. And Big Bird choked. He did the roll kick with Rashida's V-Skill, thinking it would build him enough meter for the V-Trigger. And it didn't, and he got punished, you know, half-life to kill him. It was quite sad. He definitely should have won that match. I think that would have been Tokido's first pools loss in SF5 history. I, it, I think he might have lost once <laughs> early in Street Fighter V. But, I mean, you're, we're talking about consistency he hasn't missed a top eight in a turn in a Street Fighter Five tournament that he's entered since CEO last year. And from what I understand, yeah. that was like his worst result ever at like seventeenth. Uh, yeah, it it was, and he actually I think he got ninth at that event or ninth. He got I, I know his yeah. worst result ever is in the top thirty-two. And yeah, he's he's just Mister Consistency. We talk about this game being random and all of that, and yet this guy is as close to solving it as we may see for a while. Yeah. A uh, little factoid on that. Um, before Big Bird played against uh, Tokido on stream, he played against a Monot player just in pools earlier, and I was sitting right next to him playing my match. And uh, the Monot player should have won. The Monot player was in his ass, and uh, he activated <laughs> uh, Rashid's V-Trigger, and all the Monot player, it was V-Trigger 1, I believe, and all the Monot player had to do was super it, and didn't. But had that player done it, Bigger would have been uh, uh, lost right there. So he used up his luck beforehand uh, and then lost it immediately after wow. to Tokido. But, yeah. Okay, uh, where were we? Actually, we need to do some claps, guys. Whoops, 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 yes. whoops, whoops. Wait, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. Let's get some good old doggy claps. There we go. Hey there, poochers. Um, thank you to everybody who subbed. All right, uh, back to the recap. Yeah, obviously those three weren't the only games at NCR. You had a bunch of other things going down. Uh, Chris G did the Marvel Double, winning Infinite and Ultimate Marvel 3. Xiao uh, Hai winning KOF, uh, another strong international showing. You had four countries represented in that top eight. Uh, Pinoy uh, beating Knuckle Dew in the Ultra Tournament, which a lot of people were really excited about, uh, including our boy, John making top eight. Congratulations to him. Uh, Riz won winning Super Turbo, so he is headed to the Tournament of Legends at uh, Canada Cup. Thanks, Swalot, taking the Pokken title. And Jordy, yes, we are going to talk about Windjammers. Congratulations to you. You are the Windjammers champion. Jamming. <laughs> God damn it, Mike. Um, let's uh, let's take it to John here. John, you were there on the ground. Um, 
What do you want to talk about? I mean, there's so many things that I could ask you about from, you know, all the men of shit to, uh, you know, all the different types of tournaments you're in. But what uh, – I'll let you take the floor and just tell us what uh, your impressions were of the tournament. Um, well, if you're legitimately asking me and not setting me up to talk about uh, something specific, then I will say. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, no, I will ask you directly about that in a moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was the same NCR that we've been to over and over and over again. Um, and by that, I mean it was the same hotel, the same ballroom. Uh, everything about it um, ran ship shape uh and it, and it was well done um it, i mean ncr not not riddled with problems in the past of course every tournament has their bumps here and there but this tournament went off uh widely without a hitch i mean i didn't great cool do you want to do you want me to talk over this or should i just uh <laughs> just appreciate it you know i wasn't gonna do it i wasn't gonna do it but then you mentioned it all right anyway uh went off without a hitch go on <laughs> yep and uh so <laughs> Uh, it was it was a good time. Um, there was nothing on you guys' end, you know, like when I like there was no Biffy Biffy errors or anything like that. The streams didn't suck or anything like that. So um, I, I think all in all, it's a good tournament. A lot of others you're seeing are like changing venues and leveling up in different ways. Um, and, and NCAR is doing a good job where it's at, staying the course. So um, all in all, a good a good three day event here. And that's all that happened. You know, since you mentioned Biffy Techie, and it made me think of streamers. Um... Just as offhand comment here, but uh, we saw that uh, people were complaining that uh, Spooky put it in sub mode only for chat. And then he, I saw in a tweet, he was saying um, that he did that. Yeah, it's hard to do it. It costs money to pull everything off, including uh, traveling, gear, uh, talent, camera, or commentators, all that shit. Um, he puts it on sub mode only and he gets an extra 200 subs, right? He basically said that, you know, he gets some of the worst return of anyone who's viewed as highly as him on Twitch. Sub mm -hmm. mode gave him basically close to double the subs he had before. It made the chat less toxic and he said he doesn't care what anyone thinks he's going to keep doing it. So there's not much of the discussion there. And frankly, his reasoning is very sound, so I don't disagree with him. You know, like... You can support the guy. You can use your free Twitch Prime sub. You can use $5. Spooky does a real good job. I think it works and, out. And so, so, I mean, that uh, is the core takeaway, right? Like, uh, good for him, right? Uh, but there were some other uh, aspects of it. Sunday's chat had a general attitude of, when is my game coming? Your game is stupid. This is a general theme and not just one person. I find that when the chat is like this, it sours my attitude and affects the stream negatively. Um, but, yeah, he went on uh, to the other things that we discussed. I, I don't think anyone's really going to blame him for doing that. The one thing that worries me, and not specifically about Spooky, but if he's struggling to uh, get financial success here in streaming, and he's pretty much the biggest FGC streamer outside of like Capcom, Capcom Fighters and Tekken's, the ones directly associated with the uh, publishers. What does that say about everybody else? You know, what does that say about the Bifutekis, the BG Callistos, uh, the Showdown GGs of the world? You know, is there going to be room at the table for these guys? Because if Spooky's relying on subs to to get by, how many of those people are also going to be subbing to these guys that do some of the smaller tournaments, some of the regional tournaments? There's a lot to unpack there, but uh, maybe we save it for a day that we have a streamer on because I really want to hear how that match with Infiltration went down, John. Back to you, bud. Oh, cool. Uh, 
We should throw it up on the uh, screen so everyone can watch it so they know what they're uh, following along with. Throw it up. You did pretty good, I thought. I'm not even messing around. Well, I was I was proud of my ground pounds. I don't have much monot practice outside of just what goes on online, and um, infiltration's slightly better than the people you might meet online. <laughs> um, so it was it was a, a learning experience for sure. Um, but yeah, it, it I didn't feel completely out of the loop. I, I think I got a round. You did, um, which was which was an accomplishment in and of itself, because um, I I really don't feel comfortable with this game, or and especially against this character. And playing one of the best characters and or one of the best players in the world was uh, it. Back in the day, it was like, yeah, infiltration. I'm gonna take him out, and and I mean that even that even happened at Evo a few years ago. But now with where I'm at with Street Fighter Five, it's like, oh, I get to play infiltration. This is great, you know. Like I, I'm I'm gonna see what it's like to to play a monot that's not an online monot and said it's it's the best in the world, you know. So um, that was really cool. And uh, he's such a nice guy. Before the uh, the match actually started, we're on like the loading screen and the game's queuing up and he, he yells out like, event helps forever! And it was, it was awesome. <laughs> um, which is like his catchphrase with me whenever we see each other. He usually just yells that because it's easier than actually trying to have like a English to, you know, Korean kind of conversation and such. So it's like... Um, I don't know. It was it was a good time though. Uh, I, as far as I think you mentioned, like stream nerves. I didn't have really any stream nerves. I, I tend to play more conservatively when I'm on, in tournament, and even more so if I'm in tournament and on stream. And I think you saw that there because a lot of rounds, uh, especially the last one, that went all the way to timeout. Um, but a lot of the rounds would go a lot longer. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, but I do feel if I had ample time to to hash that out and figure that match out and specifically figure out times. Uh, uh, against infiltrations but not i could have done a lot better and maybe one day even win so uh but it was it was a great experience i was i i even given the uh the long ass combo that went in there um but i think the whole thing started with just like a jab or a standing light kick or something like that and the whole thing plays out from there which was really demoralizing <laughs> uh <laughs> um but but like I even even with all that I would rather if, if I had to do over again I would do it again um, and and go through it again because it's it's a good time you know and that's why you go to these kind of events is to like get a shot at playing infiltration or Tokido and Daigo and and I was lucky enough to be one of the people that got that so I'm thankful. Now what was it like playing in those pools where I mean it seemed like there was almost no fad in those pools like you maybe beat one scrub and then you're playing versus you know top level players the entire time. You know. Um, it's weird to me that this happens at NCR, but I feel like, I mean, I'm sure the pools were hard at final round, but they were These ones like were this. harder. No, these yeah. ones were harder. And it's like, how did that happen? Because um, NCR is a big event, continually a, a, a premier event, but it's certainly not final round. You know, the, the event that got, you know, like over a thousand the first year of, of Street Fighter V, and it's like the kickoff event, the premier premier, if you will, um, for the Pro Tour. So... I was surprised that NCR got these kind of uh, names, um, even though final round didn't get the the same amount of, of uh, like intensity with with its pools matches. But it was it was incredible. It was kind of the talk of the town a little bit, in that you know you know like yeah hey, uh, my first ma the first match in in pools for like Tokido was Tokido and Nephew, the guy that just won Winter Ball, right? Um, and Nephew probably wasn't even one of the big seated players in that bracket. I don't remember everybody off the top of my head, but you know you had like I think Chris G in there. Um, uh, and and, and I, I, again, I can't remember all the stuff in my head, but it was it was a whole other atmosphere. And we were talking about it after the tournament, just various groups, because it continued to be the, the subject of discussion. And people were saying things like, you know, going one and two in this tournament, that's fine. I mean, you could be a really good player and have gone one and two in this tournament. And it really isn't much of a strike against you. 
uh, because no, not of, at all. You of, probably lost two good people if you went one and two. Right, yeah, right, right. And so you go, man. Um, is this the future of Street Fighter Five fighting games, or I mean, Street Fighter Five uh, competitive events, or was this kind of a standout anomaly where it just all the good players showed up and and there were like, normally there's like one or two good players in a pool. They're the ones that you expect to get out, maybe three. And if there are three, you go, that's a stacked pool. This one had like five in every pool, except for, ironically enough, the death bracket, which was, uh, I think, the easiest pool to get out By of. By far. You had, I saw it. You yeah. had Shao Hai as like the celebrity name in there. Um, and he got, I think he got fourth or fifth. And I don't know if he's practiced up on Street Fighter. I mean, he's a great player across a lot of different fighting games. And I mean, it's well known. Um, but he ended up going out like fourth or fifth in his pool. Um, and then the guys that got out were uh, the San Diego player, right? Trash Boat the birdie player and then uh doomsnake the vega player and both of those guys did pretty well so so good on them um i don't want to take away things from them for being in like the death pool that should have been harder but was actually easier than everything else but um i think they gotta get rid of that <laughs> so yeah, no, it, explain to anybody who doesn't know what the death pool is and how you so, end up in the death pool and all that good stuff right so two years ago it was ncr's death pool that was again the talk of the town um and the way it works is if you sign up for tournaments early it's easier for everybody um, but if you wait to the last minute and emergency register on strike uh, on site, they put you straight into a death pool where they don't do any seating. It's everybody that's late. So your pool is, may not be 16 people. Your pool might be 32 people. It might be 100 people, if, you know, 100 late emergency registrants. But you all get thrown in there. You don't get any kind of preference. And there might be 100 killers if, if they all end up registering late. And that was kind of the case two years ago. Um, and there was the famous Marn run. And he ended up making it out with his Ibuki in the death pool, um, but he was in there with players like Mago, and I again, I don't remember all who else, but it was a big deal. And and he got through that, and that was, it felt like a finals day on day one, um, but only in this one pool. This time around, the NCR still practiced that, where they just threw all the latecomers into the one pool, but everybody registered ahead of time. So every other pool had five killers in it, or so, and then this one had Shaohai, and then that was really probably the only player you would see ranked or uh, seated. And then, you know, the other players emerged and won, and, and kudos to them. But uh, it was a complete turning on, on its head of what you would traditionally expect. Uh, the death pool was the simplest one, and all the other ones were, in effect, death pools. I mean, you should get rid of late registration at this point if you don't have a credit. I mean, it's, it's so easy to register on Smash GG. If you don't have a credit or debit card, you should email the TO to see if there's any other way you can do it. Um, it just either it's going to go the way it did two years ago or it's going to go the way it did this time and either way it doesn't really work out very well and you shouldn't be yeah. punished for registering on time because I mean this makes people want to register late next time and that's exactly the opposite of what the death pool is supposed to do yeah and not a lot of I think we are kind of moving past that in the tournament scene uh, it, just because it's such a headache to last minute try to get these players into a pool the death pool was like an, a, a way to kind of circumvent that, but I think, like you just said, this isn't really something that's working. Um, and, and a lot of tournaments don't even allow it anymore. Uh, you got to sign up by the deadline, um, and if not, then there's no at-the-door stuff. We're not messing around with that. I think Combo Breaker is still doing emergency registration, but the price gets hiked up to like 100 bucks, and uh, and they, they put you in buy spots. So they, they put you into the actual pools and stuff. But um, I hey, wouldn't be surprised if we just here. see, you know, uh, emergency registration continue to dwindle and eventually be gone completely. Uh, the one thing I the one idea I had, you know, if you want to keep 
uh, emergency registration because there is legitimate reasons for people not being able to sign up on time. And yeah, it sucks for the people who are at the top level of the tournament, but that's not the majority of attendees. The one idea I had is that you have your death bracket and then the top one or top two, whatever of that death bracket get in placed into a regular pool. So you have 16 pools or 32 Mm. or whatever. And then whoever wins the death bracket gets a spot in one of those pools. So So you play an extra pool. (laughs) Yeah. You you basically play an extra level if, if you sign up late. So you're still punished but you still have a chance to get games in. You still have a chance to participate and it doesn't completely screw over uh, the people who have registered on time. Hey guys, shout outs to Richard Wynn for uh, something. Oh, is that what that is? Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Um, let's talk about, so, I mean, there's a couple of things I want to talk about. I actually wanted to get some people's opinions on what Tokido did differently in this set versus the famous first to 10 from not too long ago, uh, to come out on top. But of course the big topic of the hour, and we don't have that much time because we have a guest on tonight is of course, uh, Kaba being loud and quote obnoxious, uh, in the ear of Goichi during a tournament match potentially causing Goichi to lose that, uh, and him being very upset by it, <clears throat> even uh, even though it's been refuted back and forth whether he actually wanted Kaba to be banned or not, the idea was that he wanted him to stop. And, you know, well, the first thing I said to you guys is like, why? Like, because we were defending, you guys were defending it. I can say that the official translation at this point is that he didn't say he wanted him to be banned immediately. He said that, you know, like, he should stop, and if he continues to do this, maybe he should be banned, is the way it was translated by... You know, you know, the Japanese player later. And my pushback was, well, why doesn't Goichi just turn around and tell him to shut the F up, right? Um, it sounds like he did. Apparently he did turn around and tell him to be quiet and uh, didn't take. Yeah, he, if you see the video, um, there is a YouTube video which kind of blew this up of the match. And you see at one point that Goichi, during a, a critical art, he kind of moves his hand down like this to try and motion, hey, calm down. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. And that's sort of where this whole thing kind of blew up from. Uh, you know, this this kind of situation, um, if you've ever been to a live tournament, uh, this happens all the time. And and like you even if you've only seen it on stream, maybe you can even hear it. Um, the whole uh, I don't I don't want to do it, but like there's like a seagull kind of like scream or screech that people do when things are really intense. And do it's like it. down, down, oh, no, no, no. Like yeah. Like, ah, ah, you know, and you just hear that mm-hmm. randomly. Um, and, and you can, the first thing I do is compare it to like when an NBA player is shooting free throws, right? And, and, and no one can go, Hey, shush. The whole place is going crazy. Everyone behind the basket has their thunder sticks trying to distract. Like it's, it's a very distracting environment and yet they're still forced to perform. And up until this point, that's really been my approach to all of this, especially in Arizona. There's kind of like a running kind of joke that like when you play an Arizona player, you're not just playing the player, you're playing all of Arizona because everyone will get behind and will get really loud and rowdy and just scream and be obnoxious and basically pull a Kaba. A big part of it is if you can do it charismatically where people find it funny and entertaining versus you're really annoying and, and you're you're being off-putting to the, to the player. Like, yeah, if you're a tournament player, you're going to have to deal with a crowd. That's a given. Now, that said, there does seem to be a line, a very gray line, I think, as Alex Valle put it, that can be crossed. And if you're, I mean, I think there are a lot of factors that go into it. 
But if you're being annoying, uh, and and like Kaba, I've, I've met him a few times. He's a very nice guy, but he does have his his cheering. If you watch the video, you can you can attest to this. Is like kind of a, a cross between nails on a chalkboard and like a dying cat. And and like that only lasts for so long before it just becomes very annoying and distracting. Um, and and I mean it's it's like speaking of uh, distracting. Fuck yeah, that my, sound. my dog has allergies. It's perfect. Comments <laughs> <laughs> here. No. Uh, uh, so so yeah. Like at the end of the day, uh, you want to be respectful. You know, you want it to be an environment where it really is. You know, the the skills of each player being tested against each other instead of the skills of these players. Plus, can you handle you know this handicap of Kaba right there in your ear? And going back to the whole NBA thing, yes, there are people yelling and stuff around them, but they're not a foot away right behind them while they're doing this. You know, everyone's restricted to a to a, a an actual space, a physical limitation where they can't be all that close. You know, with their air horns and their whatevers. So um, it, it's not an apples to apples comparison there. And ultimately, I think what it comes down to is is respect. Yeah, I mean, I'm on the kind of uh, boring, everyone's human and people make mistakes and there's a difference between cheering in some situations and others' opinion on this as well. Um, I think there's a huge difference in cheering from the crowd as we've seen with, you know, Joy, Cool Kid's wife, or even Kaba during the Capcom Cup and what, what went down here. I think cheering from the crowd, as you said, like in a sporting event during free throws, is unavoidable. It's part of the FGC. I've really never seen anyone cry too hard about it. Um, it seems like something that we all love, you know? I think getting behind someone during such an important tournament match and being this loud after they tell you to stop is going too far. And I don't think anyone can really disagree with that too easily. I, I think people went, I mean, like, you know, obviously keyboard monsters were extremely racist, ridiculous, bigoted in response to this, and that is complete nonsense. And Kaba came out and apologized, and I think Goichi pretty much accepted it, and hopefully we move on. And I'm very sure Kaba will act differently because of the outcry that occurred from this. However, people took it too far, Kaba took it too far, and I think this will make everyone dial it down, hopefully, for the future. A I do experience, yeah. Yeah, I do find it kind of funny that the overwhelming uh, message from last week in the FGC, at least in the Twitterverse, was, "Man, we've gotten yeah. too soft. We're, we're <laughs> we aren't raw enough." And then this we're week, it's like, now. "Oh no, we're too raw. Too raw. Put it back in the oven." Um, <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna have to just bite my tongue on how I felt about the backlash to it. I was very offended. Well, say uh, it. Uh, no, don't bite your tongue. Well, I mean, what's the point? I mean, I think you pretty much nailed it on the head. It's uh, it's shameful, I think, the reaction and the way that, that, that men is being treated. Oh, yeah, I agree completely. Um, it's hurtful. It's, uh, I mean, I don't want to sound like a total wet blanket, but I'm like, grow the fuck up. Like, who, who, ha who, who thinks they have the right to speak to people that way? Call them out and call them out. But don't take it to that level of racism and of, like... Uh, ganging up on them, and if you just go to R Kappa, which maybe I just shouldn't do anymore. I, mean, I don't um, know if they. I don't know if that's the right place that. to go for. Um, but but, but I, like, I, I read these comments and I'm just like human thought. Like who are these losers? Is really how I feel. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's a good thought to have when people are being racist. Yeah, you're right. Um, that's all I really care to say about it. It's clear that this dude was like, man, I fucked up. Uh, there's reports that even other DR people were saying, like, dude, you're making us look bad, and that's fine, right? Like, th th that's all within the, the, the category of acceptable responses to this. And feedback is a gift, my guys. But, um, 
But come on, keep it classy, guys. Seriously. The, the one thing I want to see come out of this, and I, I hope that tournaments start enforcing, like, at least... We, we don't have to put players in soundproof booths or anything like that and have, like, 100 feet between a player and a spectator. But at least have enough room where people aren't right in your ear People aren't brushing up against your arm during a tournament match because I, that that's still something that bothers me um, from this one time at casuals, not even a tournament. I blocked someone, uh, a Sea Vipers Ultra, and then someone bumped my arm and I got hit by the second half of it. And that still bothers me. And that yeah. should not happen in a tournament. So I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping they force like at least give people like two or three feet before the the sea of spectators and then you know that that lessens the impact of people being obnoxiously loud mm -hmm. I, I i just think there's a whole range of positions between all oh, keep it just as it is and let's lock these i, I agree up because i mean there's a huge like for me personally you know i'm very willing to to turn around and be like get the fuck away from me or i'm gonna call a to like what are you doing you know yeah. and i'm willing to do that right sure and most of the time i don't even care if you yell in my ear but it's very different obviously when you don't speak english or spanish and some guy is screaming behind you in your ear and you don't really know how to communicate to them to stop and you try and he doesn't stop I think he did go too far in this case, and I said he apologized. Now, yeah. people are saying he didn't apologize well, he didn't apologize correctly. I, I give Kaba some leeway because, I mean, the instant response was you're a terrible human being and scum of the earth, which I think was way too far in the first place. And obviously, maybe he responded the wrong way to that, but you have to give him some leeway because, I mean, people really overreacted for yeah. sure. So I don't know if you guys recall when this shit went down and Wolf Chrome was getting heckled uh, by some, I think it was the EMP boys or something like that. And, uh, I mean, that's where the meme of head crones comes from, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, why is it different here? However, um, the, like the, the main, I mean, it shouldn't yeah. be, but I think the big thing was charisma. And it, and it and it ultimately was Wolf Crone. Uh, people saw Wolf Crone as quote unquote deserving maybe a little bit more, and and there was so much drama around that. Where you have someone like Goichi, who who like uh, the the most audiences haven't even heard him, um, you know, express himself one way or the other. But he just appears quiet to himself and respectful. And it's like, does Goichi does? Depends on which translator is talking to him. Oh shit. I think John froze. In the meantime, while we get John back, uh -oh. Um, uh -oh. John, you froze a little bit, but I'm going to... Okay, well, we wait for John to come back because you're a little bit uh, bugged out a little bit. You're back. You're back. Okay. Just really quick. Yeah, finish it, it up. It should be on paper that both players deserve the exact same treatment, but how people are going to conduct themselves uh, you know, live there in, in the event, it's going to be based on their perception of the players. And Wolf Chrome was, I think, just more so deemed as with all the drama around him from the past and the current... Thing with Wolf Crone versus someone who's quiet and, and more apparently respectful and such like Goichi, you go, you know, it's it's two different stories at that point. So I think that's what the answer Speaking to that. Speaking kind of, of conduct, we just so happen to have the CPT code of conduct right here. Uh, all players are expected to maintain respect for one another. Uh, the first rule: no swearing, screaming, or threats. No harassment, violence, collusion, cheating of any sort, intentionally delaying or slowing gameplay, yada, yada, yada. The first one there is screaming. Um, I wonder if you could have just argued this as a, maybe that's what Goichi should have done. Like, hey, this is a violation of the code of conduct <laughs> and just uh, left it there. I would like some arbitration here. Um, so I don't know if that means anything, but alternatively, 
check this out. This is T.S. Sabin, uh, or at NYC Furby, if you follow him on Twitter. Noise canceling headphones, my dude, so it doesn't affect you. If you get rattled by a crowd, you Tell weren't. Us, this is a stupid response. You weren't mentally strong stupid. to begin with. 2018 FGC is very soft. That's, That's stupid. It's outright well, outrageous. <laughs> Why? Like, okay, defend that. It's very. I, it can be legitimately hard for someone to play when someone's screaming in their ear. Yes, Man, that you're changes so soft, things. Mike. I am you, going soft as shit. I want. Yeah. It's not that easy to have noise canceling headphones all the time. You need to have them yourself. There needs to be an open spot on the PS4 for you to plug them in. It needs to actually work. There's enough power draw issues on PS4s as it is where to where plugging in headphones will sometimes unplug someone's stick. I mean, it's... Yes, I, if, if it really bothers you on a small level, you should have headphones, but I mean, to say that Everything is moot because he didn't is is ridiculous. Mike, you're Everything so is soft. Mute. I'm very soft. Uh, I get it. Very mute. It was the opposite of mute. Um, so then what's the damn... Uh, you know, it's funny because... I we, think it's over. I think that hopefully it's over. I think it's sad that it had to be like a Dominican player doing it to a Japanese player for people to care. But here it is. And here we are. Yeah. Go ahead, Steve. No, no, no. I'm you got good. nothing? <laughs> I got nothing. All right. Um, you know, at least you have something to talk about. Uh, the question of etiquette uh, will probably come up again. It's funny. We have Watson on here in about 15 minutes. He tweeted out a uh, an old, like, 2007, I think, Marvel 2 set from Evo, or 2006 or something like that. And it was when he, quote, uh, had <laughs> put on rules that you couldn't talk or get hype or anything. <laughs> and you hear Yipes like, mm, wanting to get real hyped through the whole fucking thing. <laughs> it's great. Uh, I'm going to ask him about it and see, I mean, what drove in 2006 or 7, if I, I can't remember what year it was, to implement that rule, right? So it's clear it's been a longstanding issue or concern uh, with varying degrees of success. At and, and, and just for the record, I am a huge yeller when my friends play, and I've been asked <laughs> to stop many times, and I usually leave the room, so... That is my response to these situations usually because I understand I can be quite annoying when the uh, when the Austinites are playing. It's big of you to uh... you, you, you only when they're playing. My worst <laughs> habit is when I'm, I'm playing. I talk a lot. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, guys, uh, where are we taking it from here? We could do uh, talk about some news. Uh, the biggest news, and I know you're super excited about this, is that Combo Breaker has. Um, more entrance for Mortal Kombat 9 this year than it did when it was hosting it when it wow. was uh, popular. That's the best news ever. That's pretty cool, right? Um, no, guys, let's talk about the damn patch update that I believe launches tonight. It's, um, it's live. You can play it right it's, now. It's live right now. So here's a preview of it. Uh, you can see it here. <laughs> this is... Uh, those, are the, those are basically the notes. <laughs> There's uh, this one right here. Uh, preview of Cammy. Yep, yep I saw that when I booted it up. <laughs> Cammy Gale. Yeah, uh, there's uh, <laughs> there's some questionable things. This Donka. is to the well, yeah. it's to the point where Cammy players are apologizing. And <laughs> I'd say this to anyone watching and to any Cammy players specifically watching: if you really feel that bad, switch your character. Let's well, do a Chris T, a reverse Chris T, and not not. <laughs> Boycott because the character's bad. Boycott because the character's good and force Capcom to make a balanced game. Do that, Cammy players. Otherwise, shut up. I'm I, I, I do have to say, you know, credit to Chris T. You know, he started uh, the movement to boycott Ken, and it's <laughs> taken such hold 
that Capcom has apparently boycotted Ken. <laughs> they no signed way. up? And he's the only <laughs> martyr that's still playing Ken. He's decided that, you know, like he'll die with with the flag. I mean, he's part of the Trinity, the Holy Trinity. Somebody has to die for the sins of Capcom. But I yeah, guess. quick patch notes. Uh, Cammy, they, you thought that, you know, Crouch Like it pushed back with Tayway, her three light string. It did not. It's still there. So don't worry. She didn't get nerfed at all. She only got buffed the way she deserved. Um, Abigail got hammered. That was fair, right? Because I'm a Cammy player now. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I Can we hate... say, too, that the, the crush counter nerf uh, across the board, I think, helps Cammy because yep. she's a low life character. And she doesn't really do um, neutral game crush counters she ever. She doesn't want to do that. Like, she might crush counter you on your on your DP, but she's not neutraling. No, crush it's really good for her, actually. It's huge. No, it, but uh... it, it, seems kind of, it seems kind of weird that they're just. It feels like Capcom is desperately trying to make the game more and more neutral based. And it just feels weird that they started so far away from that. And now they're trying almost everything that they can to get back to that. Yeah, I mean, it's like on the one hand, I'm always like the like voice of like we shouldn't hit each other for our characters. Everyone complains. Everyone does this. Everyone does that. I personally don't like this patch. You know, I'm going to move on. I've already moved on. Um, but... My, my overall viewpoint of this patch is that, unfortunately, there are basically very few buffs. I think Zeku and Sakura were the recipients of, like, the most major buffs in the game. Um, and, and very few other characters, no mid-tiers, no high-tiers got buffed at all. So it was basically two very low-tier characters got buffed, and then a couple top-tiers got nerfed, and a couple didn't. And when you look at that across the board and you say, hmm, no one relevant got buffed, these characters got nerfed, and these characters stay the same, it's pretty easy to make a tier list from there. There's no real luster. There's no, like, oh, maybe mid-tier Chun-Li is going to be top tier now. It's, okay, Abigail and Rashid out, Akuma, Kami, Minot, still in. So I and wonder... so I, I think that you can tell exactly what's going to happen without even having the patch, but maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong. So, of course, once we sink our teeth into the patch, we'll have more opinions on it. And tomorrow, I mean, next week, a week from today, uh, we might have a little bit more of an informed opinion. However, I wonder if any of these things that seem ludicrous now uh, might have something to do with the upcoming characters. Not just Falk, if and when she ever comes, uh, but the rest of them. Do they know something we don't know that required this drastic? I think they made this patch two months ago and it finally came through now it's got to be something like that to me i it just it makes no sense given the current climate given that three cami or three minots and two camis or whatever made top top eight it seems i mean i don't know i, I shouldn't complain too much about it but it definitely doesn't fit exactly what people were complaining about notably abigail who was by far the most complained about character got nerfed and rashid who was probably number two got nerfed very hard as well those two characters are no one could argue they're top tier anymore. So, wow. so maybe it's that will statement. change. No, I mean, I, I really don't think anyone will argue those two characters are top tier anymore. All right. So we'll see how the streams react to that. I think they'll just move on to another scapegoat. So we'll see. Um, so you were saying that you'll never see... You were going to put money on it. I will put... Okay, you can have four Chun-Li costumes <laughs> of your choice the next time Abigail makes a premiere top eight this year. Four CPT, four Chun Li costumes. Wait, you who are you talking four. to? Everyone in the chat. Everyone, <laughs> we're gonna raffle <laughs> off to the chat. Gotta... No, one everyone chat in winner, the chat right now. One chat winner will get four Chun Li costumes. If, you're holding if, you to that. If Abigail makes another CPT premiere top eight this year, <laughs> I don't think it'll happen. Premiere top eight. Premiere top eight. Okay. With this current, with update. this pad, with this update, I she? think, I think there's no chance. I think that character sucks. <laughs> How do you really feel, man? I think he's I, trash. I, 
<laughs> Are you going to throw Rashid into that mix too? I think Rashid's bad. I, I think he's a little bad. Eh, he's bad too. He's not good. So, so we're just sticking with Abigail. Just Abigail, though. All right. Because I used to play Abigail. I'm a former Abigail player as of today. Now, like, like 801 <laughs> Strider, for instance, his, his initial reactions were they got rid of the gimmicks, but Abigail is still a character. He can still do the damage. He just doesn't get it for as free anymore. Kind of something to that effect. And I'm not Do we want me to do that. math right now? I mean, no, I, no, no, we don't. But he lost 100 damage on most of his combos. So that's a lot. That's like a jab combo. Hey, guys. Um... <clears throat> You know that segment where we uh, block or grab on stuff? I'm sorry, I've just been yelling about Abigail for a day. Let's do a block grab. (laughs) (laughs) Block grab. All right, guys, this week we're doing last week's block grab that we didn't get to, and that is the Darkstalker costumes. Jury, Urian, and Minot are getting some Darkstalker-themed threads, and uh, I'm going to block or grab on them, starting with Urian. Uh, block or grab on this, my man. Now, what is this, like, Donovan? I, I Donovan. don't know. That. Yeah, this is Donovan, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <sighs> looks sick as hell, bro. What are you kidding? I think it looks decent. I, I, you know, let me see it again. Let me see it one more time. All right, there you go. He's got a sword, which is cool. Um, he, like, does he throw it? it I know it always stays on his back. <sighs> I just don't like it. I don't know why. It doesn't fit to me. I'm going to block. <laughs> I just, it's more beads, it's more stuff. I don't feel like it fits with him at all. I'm going to block. Tasty Steve would be upset if you said that you don't like it because of the beads. I don't like it because of the beads. Uh, Ace King offsuit. Block or grab. You know, you know you're blocking because of the beads, and you know Tasty Steve would grab because of the beads, and seeing as how, how I'm Wasty Steve, I feel like I have to do the same. <laughs> So I'm going to grab. That sounds like you have a drinking problem, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I do. I'm not saying I don't. It's all the, those damn Diet Dr. Peppers. <laughs> Thank you, Please No Bully in the chat. I agree. What did Please No, Bull, no Bully in the chat you say? said it looks vacuum sealed. I, I just don't think it fits. <laughs> I don't think it looks right on him. Your, your, your opinions are suspect. John, block or grab on this Donovan-themed uh, Urian. I think that this is an acknowledgement to Darkstalkers fans, um, and and I think that the costume itself turned out looking pretty cool. I think Urian's a good character to to do these off of because he's you know he's big, he's strong, he's like got a great presence, and uh, and and he's kind of just like a, a almost like a blank template, especially <laughs> since he can take his clothes off, right? You can put whatever you want on him, and it looks fine and i think this looks good so um i think that it's good fan service i think a lot of people will download this costume um so so grab all right moving on to uh the anacharis if i'm pronouncing that so right so this is actually anacharis is like she Little has helper. girl helpers that come out during yeah. one of his supers and she's one of them okay. this is by far my favorite of the three I think the new eyeball-based orb totally fits along. She looks just like the characters that come out to help Anacharis. It fits with her in the first place. Um, it just seems right. I, I think everything about this makes sense. Um, they did like a niche kind of call out to Darkstalkers, which I think fans appreciate. This is the easiest grab for sure. Right on. Grabbing on that. Steve? Waste to Steve? You know, it, it feels like even if it wasn't part of a Darkstalkers uh, kit, it would fit right at home. You know, it, 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 it's really well done. Um, it's a gorgeous outfit. I got to grab. All right. Uh, like so that snake hand thing, too. It's, it's badass. No, for sure. Um, yeah. And probably tightly wound as well. 
John, block or grab on this. <laughs> you look so disappointed just there. Block or grab on this costume, my man. Uh, all the things that the other guys said, but then also, and I guess what you said too, um, because the fact that you can manipulate little things like Monot, Monot's orb, and you can make that kind of like whatever you want, that's really exciting and fun. You know, uh, I think there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of merit in doing Monat costumes, and and you know all the same thing rang true for for what I was saying with it being a Darkstalkers um, homage and everything, and people are gonna appreciate it for that. So um, I don't really see any drawback to this costume. It looks good. Um, I think they did a good job on it, and I think a lot of people are gonna download it. So uh, so I'll grab that as well. That's three grabs. All right, and now the one that had some people scratching their heads is Jury as Lilith. Not to be confused with, what's the other chick's name? Morgan. 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 Um, the one with the boobs. So obviously, <laughs> Jury is missing some assets she usually has here. Yeah. Um, there's not much of an explanation things. for that. A couple things. This costume, like, I mean, there's, there's, it seems weird to me because obviously they redid her model, but then, like, her hair is still Jury's color and not Lilith's. But then, like, they didn't choose Morgan, who would have seemed to be more fitting with Jury. I'm just, like, confused as to how they came. To the, we're gonna make Jury's tits smaller, and then we're <laughs> Dude, going to do Jury's hair the same, but then we're gonna make her Lilith and not more. I don't know. It's just all very weird to me. I did a little zoom in there for you. Um, yeah, I feel like uh, considering uh, what people like about Jury and infiltration. That just does the eye patch too. I don't know. It's like she's like. Inhumanly cosplaying She's is the worst parts of all the characters that she. Has. I just okay. I don't like it. I'm gonna I'm gonna block. All right, so you're blocking on it. I'm blocking. You're blocking here. Okay, uh, Steve, are you gonna block or grab on this uh, Lilith jury? All right. Um, I just saw something disturbing from uh, uh, in the from chat. Someone in the chat. Uh, yeah, Phantom X. Phantom EX Death uh, tweeted out a link that shows apparently. The chest comes back in her walk animation as she walks forward. <laughs> Apparently, you can use the universal costume code to give it back as well, is what That's people what are I saying in the chat. Say, so you can uh, choose. Which oh, is a little that's weird. universal costume? Not, and not. Uh, no, um, but like you can, you can do the thing you can do to take, make Urian take his clothes off. You can do to edit Jury. Uh, the, all of the new costumes beyond Which somehow like, seems sexist balance. in some way. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to block this one. Steve, are you blocking or grabbing on this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't There's know. So much to take in here. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'll try to grab, and then there will be nothing to grab. Oh, Someone no. had to make a terrible joke that is somewhat sexist as well. I will fall on that sword so that you guys don't. <laughs> John, are you gonna block grab on this? Take the high road, my man. I don't have any jokes now to say so that upsets me. Um, but <laughs> Lilith, is, like they, they paid homage to her as a character, and she's one of the few video game characters that comes to mind that like doesn't have ridiculous boobs, right? <laughs> and everyone knows sex sells and stuff, so her as a character in, in general was, was like, 
yeah, good for you for like you know doing something a little different. So brave. And they carried so brave it over here in 2018. Right? So brave. So <laughs> stunning and brave. So on bravery, I'll give Capcom a grab for this one. But uh, I mean, I don't really care either way. So whatever. It's it's fun that we get to have this discussion, make dumb boob <laughs> jokes. So uh, grab it off of that. Yeah. And on Pretty that much note. every boob joke I have in my arsenal is a dumb boob joke. <laughs> Guys, that actually brings us to the end of the panel because we have a guest on. And um, yes. nothing like leaving on that note. We have been joined by John Velociraptor Guerrero. He is a Goken master. He also did really well against Infiltration this weekend. Shout-outs to him. And he's a great guy. He also writes for EventHubs.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Velociraptor with a one instead of an I. Thank you, John, for being a part of the show. Thanks for having me. Say hi to Watson for me. Tell him I love him and I miss him. Okay, I will do that. Steve, um, how you doing, pal? I, I, I've done better. I've done worse. Okay. Well, that's Steve. Uh, these really great uh, schedules for events. So if you follow my Twitter, you can be in the know on when you're going to watch what you want to watch. Shout-outs to John and Steve for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks. Adios. And coming up next is our interview with Mike Watson himself, the man, the myth, the legend, the proud owner of an arcade that just opened. Oh, yeah. Not too long ago, after uh, what probably took uh, quite a time to uh, get going. Final thoughts on this etiquette thing or anything else um, that we might not have touched on? We kind of rushed through some things and we left some things on the table. Yet again, when you kind of like turn everything into a Twitter argument, you kind of tend to get the polar sides of everything. It's happened in politics and it's happening now in the FGC. And I would like to reiterate that usually there is a middle ground that can be found when it comes to these things. And usually if people both understand each other and ask nicely enough for something to stop, they'll stop. And that is the future of this. So very easily. Thank you for that. Uh, we are now joined by none other than Mike Watson himself. Mike, thank you so much for joining us, man. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. So just to kick us off, man. Uh, the arcade has finally opened. What the hell took so long? Man, <laughs> if I can go, if I can finally go public with everything this this city has put me through, it, it's it's really worthy of a Netflix fucking original show, man. I tell you. <laughs> Opening a small business in California is probably the toughest, toughest thing to do. It's probably the worst place to do it. But uh, they, they just put, they put you through the ringer, man. It's unbelievable. They want this. They want that. And the minute you finish everything, nope, here comes something else. So I mean, finally here. They still want some more stuff, but uh, they're letting me open and just do a few more things after I'm open. So that's the good news. So how long did it actually take to get to this point where you can finally you know, do an opening on it? I have been in this location for two and a half years trying to appease the city. So September of 2015, renting this spot until March of 2018. Wow. And I can open now. And I remember uh, when we had you on last time, uh, you were in City Hall. You had, like, I guess I can't think of a different way to describe it, but, like, character witnesses, people on your behalf, vouching for you, talking about the importance to a community, a place for the youth to hang out, not be in the streets, all that stuff. Um, still wasn't enough. So how much did you have to bribe them? <laughs> Dude, I really wish they just asked for money up front. I would have <laughs> threw them like 10 grand, 20 grand. That would have saved me so much money. It just <laughs> at, at this point, it's just, you know, 
it was crazy, man. So where, uh, for people who are interested in going to the arcade, tell us about it. Where is it located and, uh, you know, what's in there or what can they, people expect? Well, I'm located at uh, 123 East Foothill Boulevard. We're in Azusa. We're uh, located, if you want to look it up, we're located pretty much next door to the Azusa Police Department, Azusa City Hall. We're, we're right next door to all that stuff. And uh, the, the difference between this spot and the previous location, well, obviously it's a lot bigger. It's twice the size. The front half of the arcade is a full-on, like, uh-huh. old-school arcade that, you know, takes quarters. I got about 50 machines out there, you know, DDR, some shooters, some racing games. Just old school stuff like that. And then in the back, we have two sets of cubicles now where we used to have one uh, at the old spot. And we also have our uh, fighting games back here. We have, you know, a head-to-head Marvel cabinet, Third Strike cabinet, Super Turbo, and Alpha 3. We have that in the back. So that's for the competitive side. The front's just for the regular arcade board. And uh, I think there's a lot of, lot more variety here and a lot more things you can do during your downtime in between matches here. So hopefully that's a, that's a positive for the community. Mike, um what kept you at it? Like, why not just, um, you know, if you're getting so much pushback, two and a half years? Like, who's got that kind of dedication and time to, to put into it? Like, why why keep fighting that fight? Uh, I don't know. I mean, as a competitor, I never gave up. I, I You know, I played and played and played till I was the best, and then I, I tried to keep it up after, and I just I have that no-quit attitude. You know, I'll play till the last pixel's gone. I don't, I don't have that give-up attitude, but the tough part over here is, they, they kind of they, they give you a false sense of hope. They say, do this and you're done. Do that and you're done. Oh, all you got to do is this. All you got to do is that. And then, like I said, just they come out with more and more stuff. And you, you kind of get strung along by them. And, you know, it took a lot of, a lot of determination. It, it was a big stress on me, big stress on uh, my friends and family. But, like I said, you know, everyone was supportive. We, we're finally here. And it is what it is. You know, now I just got to build on rebuilding relationships, got to rebuild our brand. And... You know, like, I, I just, I hope people finally see that, hey, this guy wasn't, you know, this guy wasn't full of shit, all this stuff about asking for spreadsheets and whatnot. Dude, just come over here, dude. I, I've spent I've spent more money than people make in, you know, like, five or six years. And it's just, dude, it's, it's ridiculous. But so, it's here now. Let's come and enjoy it together. So, I mean, obviously, you've kind of shown up a lot of people at this point for actually opening it. And for a little bit, I mean, at least you were a bit of a meme, at least on some of the, you know, places on the Internet about not right. opening it, not having it open yet. And um, what is your plan for rebuilding the relationship? Is it just we're going to hold enough tournaments and people are going to come, or is there anything else? I mean, what's the idea? You know, I mean, uh, people, they kind of know what we're about. You know, when we always ran tournaments, there was no, uh, how would you say it? There's no separation of pros and whatnot. Like, yeah, we separate the bracket fairly and stuff, but, you know, we treated everyone equally. Just because you're a no-name in the community, just because you're a newcomer, it didn't matter. We, we treated you how you treated us. You were nice to us. You're friendly to us, dude. I, I was friendly to everybody. There, there was really no, how would you say it? There was no jerks or punks or like, I get assholes, you know, for lack of better use of words, but there was no, there was no people here causing trouble. Everyone was here having fun. There was no, there was no sense like, Oh, I got to get on stream. I got to do this. I got to look cool and appease this person. And you know, my sponsor has to see me. There's none of that crap. Everyone was here to get better or to have fun and, or both, you know? And, it was just a, it was a fun environment. It was a good environment, and I think we can really bring that back to the community. Um, you know, we there's just a question, and again, I'm not trying to stir the pot, but uh, I'm curious, what is your relationship with uh, Valle? And you know, he's doing his Wednesday night fights, esports arena stuff, and now you guys are maybe by design or not, but uh, could potentially be competitors uh, for the bodies, right? Because there's only so many competitive right. fighting game players uh, to go around, and I mean, is there anything you want to say about that? 
Well, let's look at the pros and cons of esports arena, right? The the the, the environment. It's you know very esports. Obviously, it's called esports arena. It doesn't have that homey feel to arcade. If that's what people want, then they can go there. And then you know they have a they had a huge budget. They're you know I think they spent like probably three hundred grand just in renovations alone. They have a big building. Those are the pros. And then you know if you're looking for exposure, if you're looking to be Hollywood, hey, then that's your flavor. Then go for it, you know. But over here. We're more of a competitive environment. We're more of a have fun, laid back, chill place. We have, like I said, you have half arcade where you can hang out in the middle of matches and stuff. And it's just we're we're providing a different environment. You want to compete in Street Fighter? Yes, we're we can have competition over there, competition over here. You want to have fun? It depends what you consider fun. Some people like to you know play arcade games. Some people like to hang out. But over there, you have one day a week. Over here, you in a sense have a, more of a home. If you like it here, you want to hang out here. You want to practice on Friday nights when we have consoles. You want to come down and practice on any random night. We're here for you. Esports Arena, they're more of just like a, a rent rent a venue. They're not. They're there for you for one night. So I guess it just it's up to people to choose. And then another uh, another negative towards Esports Arena, their location. They're all the way down south in Orange County. So if you notice, if you watch the stream stuff, a lot of the Los Angeles players that used to be dedicated. They would come to Super Arcade because it was about a 30-minute drive. If you want to go to esports, it's about an hour, hour and 15-minute drive, depending on traffic in LA. So, I'm I'm almost sure we're going to get most of the LA people back here. Uh, we have people from the San Fernando Valley, which is you know a little bit north of of LA. They're they're already committed to coming here. So we're going to see how it goes. Um, in terms of fighting for players and whatnot, hey, I mean I don't mean to make it. A blatant like hey choose alex or choose me but you you choose where you want to go and you know we've had phone people ask me hey why don't you just pick up the phone and talk so we've had phone discussions he blatantly said hey i have a good deal going on with esa and business is business and once you hear that it's like hey okay bro so we used to be competitors in street fighter now now we're competitors in the tournament organizing scene and it is what it is maybe we can both strive and uh, you know survive in this or maybe we can't but you know, I'm throwing out everything. Any plans to just go on a different day if you're doing any kind of weekly or Rambat or anything to that effect? Uh, I mean, why so, compete if you don't have to, right? Okay, well, if you put it this way. So they started in a garage many, many years ago, right? But then Wednesday Night Fights didn't blow up until it was kind of over at Super Arcade for years. And I took a big loss on, uh, you know, running it here. I pretty much ran it for the community. While one person was making money, I was just barely getting by, you know, so... I'm going to bring it back here. Uh, after Wednesday Night Fights uh, and us uh, separated back in October of 2014, we were doing fine, you know. We we had a silly name, you know, Wednesday Night Fizzites and stuff, but we were doing fine. Like, financially, we were doing better after he left. And, like, we, we still maintain that, that fun environment where we don't have anyone to answer to. I, I don't got to watch my mouth in a sense where I have to worry I'm going to lose a sponsor if I use the F word or mm -hmm. if I drop any bad language or anything like that. We're not worried about that. We're more worried about having fun. And... You know, we just we want to keep it on a more fun level, I guess. I guess in a sense. So, um, just before I forget, John Velociraptor Gadato says, "Hey, what's up? Tell him hi for me." And uh, he was reminiscing about the fact that he went in there to play once Street Fighter Four, and you came down, sat next to him, and played a set with him, and made him feel at right. home. So, shout outs to that. Um, uh -huh. <clears throat> but you, you, you're you're describing the differences in this case, uh, literally between Esports Arena and what you have going on at Super Arcade. And that's kind of been in the air as of, uh, I think it kind of started with the Mike Ross AMA and then really hit the ground uh, at NorCal Regionals with respects to 
the different flavors of FGC, if you will, the different uh, eras even, even though that hasn't specifically been talked about, I feel like we could get into that here with respects to how it used to be, how it is now, uh, right. the direction we're going, the direction what we used to be like, or, I mean, I'm an 09er, but the way the OGs used to run things. Before we get too into that, is there anything off the top of your head or anything to, to start off that topic that, that, that comes to your mind? Well, um... I mean, someone's obviously chasing the paper here, right? They want, to, <laughs> they want to have you know all the money that esports can throw at you, and can you blame somebody wanna... for wanting that? I mean, no, this is America, not. right? Definitely not. Everyone has their different motivation. Everyone has their different motives. Everyone has their own agenda. Like my agenda is, I want, I want the FTGC to survive. I want people to grow. I want the players to get better. I want. I want the community. I want to be able to play Street Fighter with people when I want to play Street Fighter and not have to worry. Hey, this game's dead. That game's dead. All the games are dead, and we can only watch it on TV. Like, yeah, it's cool, but realistically speaking, the the money that's influxed into these tournaments and all this stuff, anybody that's complaining, if you are not the top top like point zero zero one percent of players in Street Fighter, this money does not affect you at all. You're not taking home a two hundred fifty thousand dollar check to the Dominican Republic. You're not taking home or providing like a $60,000 donation to, to NYU college or anything like that. This isn't you. You're not Daigo. You're not, you know, Mena. You're not, you know, whoever the top players are now, Knuckle Do and those guys. You're not, that's not you. You're a watcher. What do you want to do? Do you want to watch the game or do you want to play the game? And I highly suggest more people get involved in playing. Yeah, it's cool to watch and stuff, but if you play the game, you'll have much more fun. I promise you. You don't have to be a pro you don't have to be the top player in the world you can still play this game and have fun and that's why it's so great and i, I just really feel like people got lost in the money and they think oh money's good money's good but what does that money do for you do you get anything out of it like the production's cool do you want to see good matches let me put it this way do you want to see a really really sick match or do you want to see an okay match under some neon and hollywood lights like what's more important to you i think match quality is better i'll watch a match in potato quality video that's awesome compared to watching some two scrubs play in like hd 4k you know like you got to pick your you got to pick what you want here so um i appreciate that that that, that opinion and enlightening us there a little bit but uh, i saw you tweeted out a match between or it was a marvel 2 match can you remind me what that was we were talking about the etiquette and people you know screaming of course this oh, was after kava did all that just uh set that up for us and then if people want to see it they can go to your twitter at super arcade Okay, so there was a match back in the day. We were in hotel rooms in Evo, right? This is like, I think this is the first year we're in Tropicana. And, you know, they, they don't want to put up with the shit of gamers, you know? We were barely, like, lucky to get in there and stuff like that. So there was a big money match between this, this guy named Smooth Viper, which is, like, one of the top East Coast players, and one of the top West Coast players named Sue Mighty. And, man, you know, like, East Coast is loud. Like, I'm loud, but these guys, they come in groups. There's, like, tons of them. There's zombies. Like, when you kill one and there's just more and more coming, they never end. Is fuck you, blah, 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 you suck, <laughs> blah, 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 scrapes. And, like, dude, it, just, it was crazy back then. So we had to make a rule. We had to make a rule. No screaming, no yelling, no talking during the match because we had to play it in a hotel room because it was after hours. And, oh, man, you should see, like, the, the look on some of these guys' faces, like, you know, Yipes, you, everybody knows Yipes is loud and he's hype and he's energetic and you got Chris Matrix and these guys are all loud and everybody loves this game and everybody's getting hype and it's like, you can't even do golf claps and they're literally like biting their finger. Like Everybody's just trying to respect and we're just like, dude, it, it's kind of like you're playing in your grandma's basement like 
at three in the morning, you got to be quiet, but you're watching some stuff and it's so hard to contain yourself. And that's what that match was so, all about. So, but, but was the, uh, the impetus for the rule, um, the fact you're in a hotel room, you didn't want to get kicked out or an etiquette thing, a respect thing, a, uh, come on, let's all be civil and uh, not distract each other thing. You know, I've never told anyone this, but we're supposed to follow the rules of the hotel. I honestly don't think they would have kicked us out, but just for my own sanity, I didn't want to hear that, all that shit in my ear. Like, <laughs> Smooth Viper is such a sick player, and you never know if, if he won. Oh, my God, I would never would have heard the end of it, and I'd rather hear it at like a volume two than a volume 12, you know? <laughs> um, how did you feel about that Mena Goichi match with Kaba in the back being loud? Okay, in terms of being loud, this is my honest opinion. I... I don't mind people being loud. It's kind of like you're in a sporting environment. You're at the other, you're in like a Raiders stadium, right? You're going to have, you know, Raider Nation yelling in your ear when you're at the end zone. You can't hear play calls and stuff. I have no problem with that. That's how sports are. You want esports? There's a sports part of esports. The thing I do have a problem with is if he was told to be quiet and those are the rules of that particular tournament, then, you know, back off a little bit. You can scream if you're standing behind your buddy, scream into his ear. That's fine. But like, Blatantly screaming into the other person's ear, that's a little, yeah, that's thats going overboard. But just screaming in general, theres I have zero problem with that. Like, get hype. Get in the moment. You know, use that to your advantage. If you got homies that'll scream for you and distract the other opponent, you're not touching them, you're not blowing in their ear, you know, you're not doing anything, that's totally fine. But just don't stand right, right behind them. That's the only problem I have. Is the 2018 FGC soft? Oh, dude, it's beyond soft, man. Beyond soft. <laughs> Damn, dude. Uh, why do you say that? I mean, for other than the obvious uh, reaction to this Kaba thing. You know, like, when I was younger, like, you always hear your parents saying, oh, this music sucks, that music sucks. And I think it just rolls into terms like all this new social media, everyone has a voice, and everyone thinks they can say whatever they want, but they don't understand the, the repercussions of anything. Like, like, something, I don't know if it's been brought up or not, but something I see is, dude, like, Okay, Marvel, Marvel Eye, it might be a shitty game, right? But it is what it is. Let's play it, you know? Let's not kill it. But, dude, these, this game was literally killed by these, like, online trolls, dude. And it, it's pretty sad, you know? Like, that's one less game for the FGC to play. We're going to see what we can do with it. But at this point, you know, when you see, like, zero players on Steam and stuff, it is kind of disheartening. So, I don't know. It just I, I feel like everybody hides behind a keyboard nowadays, and I think that's what makes it soft. Like, the world is a much, much smaller place with the Internet, obviously, and... You know, stuff travels in seconds. Like, there's there's nothing that is left unturned anymore. Whatever you want to know, you're, you're informed instantly. So, I mean, it's great in a sense where, you know, in medical technology and everything and, you know, in terms of that kind of stuff. But I, I just think too many people hide behind a keyboard. No one comes out and really wants to say what they mean without hiding behind, like, a different screen name or something like that. And that's, that's probably the only thing that bothers me, man. So, so given all this talk of like going too far and what people are doing, are there going to be any ground rules at Super? Or is it just going to kind of be like a, you know, see what happens thing? You know, like uh, we've always had the, we've always had players respect. Like when LTG came down to play Viscant, like I, I specifically told him, I go, look, man, you can say whatever you want to like talk all the smack you want, but there will be no physical contact whatsoever. Like, and as long as you respect that, then we're not going to have a problem. As long as nobody lays a hand on the other person, I have no problem with shit talking. I have no problem with anything like that. If it goes a little too far, there's obvious, you know, like, there's obvious points. Like, you don't want to talk to, like, some 18-year-old kid and you got, like, some 30-year-old, like, Abigail-looking dude all swollen shit, like, yelling in his face. You can't have that. But, I mean, like, you know, just general shit talking. And, you know, it's, I, I think that's part of the game. 
Like that's that's part of the game, and we'll just let it rock. But don't get in people's face. Don't no physical contact whatsoever. And I think those rules Im- implied now will will be fine for uh, for the long term. Uh, Mike, what if you had to say your game, right? From all your uh, experience in history as a fighting game player in your competitive days to now your business owner days, um, what's your game? What's my game? Like, just pick one game in general? Yeah. Like, is it in Third Strike or ST or I don't know what, uh, or Marvel or, like, if you had to say, what was your game? Well, my favorite game to watch and to play at, like, you know, a level is probably Marvel 2. That's my absolute, absolute favorite game, like, in fighting games is... It's fast-paced, it's broken as hell, but we still appreciate it. You know, that's that's another thing. We don't ask for nerfs for all these new kids. Oh, please fucking patch this, patch that. <laughs> no, dude, just deal with that, dude. Like, we dealt with cable hyper viper beams every fucking tournament. You make one mistake and Ducto shoots you in your ass and you're dead, you know? Like, come on, man, just deal with it. Like, it, it makes you stronger. Like, all these kids, if they can't beat something, they're either joining it or they're crying about it and trying to fix it. Like, I think that's another another point to make with the, the newer kids, like, they're not as mentally strong as we were back then, I think. Now, so did, I don't like, know. Like did ST, Balrog, and Vega players get hate like Abigail players do now? I mean, how how different were things back then as far as, like, character strength and people's reactions? and? You know, we can take it all the way back to Champion Edition where Bison was a right. one-touch kill right. character when you're, like, uh, when you're, you know, playing. You hit one double kick, the the whole round's over. So, I mean... This is nothing new. Like, overpowered is nothing new in fighting games. It's just, like I said, we just deal with it, and, you know, we move on. Like, now, did you hate, did people hate Bison players, though, in CE, or was it just kind of like people pick Bison and we deal with it because it's supposed to, you know, he's too good? I mean, he's good. Use him then. But then yeah. then you got guys like Tomo who play Guile as a counter to Bison, and he beats Bison. Like, he was the number one player in Champion Edition where I was the number two, and I was Bison. I wasn't the number one player. So it's obviously beatable. I don't think the skill gap was too far different, but I don't know. I think it's just, I think kids are just whining nowadays and you just got to put in the work. Like you guys got training mode. Like we had no training. Our training mode was putting a quarter in and getting our ass kicked. You guys got training mode. You could train the dummy to fucking hit the same move over and over and counter it. Like you have all the tools, like your brain is just there. You got to figure it out. You know, it's just a puzzle. Just figure out the puzzle and become a better player. Um, I, I didn't set it up right, but I was going to, just to troll you a little bit, ask uh, what game would you challenge Valle in to uh, you know, settle it the man's way in a, uh, in a set? Okay, so any game before Alpha 2, I was better than him. Hands down, right? <laughs> Alpha 2, he was the best in the world in Alpha 2. In the world, okay, guys? You guys remember that. I give him props. He was the best in the world in Alpha 2. And then Alpha 3, we're about even. Third strike, I got him. CVS 2, he got me. And then... Uh, for four and on, he's he's got me. I don't really put in much time, but that's not an excuse. But I'll give him credit. After that, he's got me. So if if we play across the whole spectrum, I'm gonna tell you this, dude. It's gonna be really, really even, dude. It's gonna be like so close. <laughs> and um, you know, I bring that up really because there was this AMA that Mike Ross did, and I know that Mike Ross and you had a relationship uh, or have a relationship. And um, some of the things that he was bringing up there were I don't recognize this FGC. Uh, I don't like the direction that esports has taken us in, and so on. Do you have any thoughts on that before I ask you any more specific questions on it? You know, like like I was saying, uh, people, some people are paper chasing, and it's nice that companies throw in money. I'm not gonna lie, like Twitch has given us money to run a tournament and stuff, and it, it's it's great, right? But then you get lost in the money. Like, what what are you after? Do you do you play for the love of the game? Or are you playing to make a couple bucks? Everyone has their own agenda, and it's it's just really what you want you know like 
I had a lot of fun playing Street Fighter. Like I met a lot of friends through competition, and it made me who I am today, like a no quit attitude. And I don't know, like it's just, it, it really depends. Everyone's different, you know. And there's, a, it's great that a game can offer so much stuff, but now I think the scary part is once, once, once the money runs out, then what happens? You guys gotta look at the big picture. Let's say Capcom stops throwing pro tours. Let's say, you know, there's no more E-League and there's no more 200000 or $100,000 first place money. Where do you go from there? Do you quit playing the game because there's no money or do you keep playing it for the love? And if anything, it's like, dude, you're, you're, you're kind of selling out. And you got to realize this is a hobby. This is something for fun. Very few people can make money doing it. So all these guys asking for it to be esports, do you really want what you're asking for? Do you know what the end picture is? The end picture is like a corporate buyout where... There's no more locals. If you look at it now, even like uh, before Super Close, you know, Justin and those guys, they used to come to tournaments. And, dude, Justin lived literally five minutes from Super Arcade. But you don't see him at the tournaments very often because there's no $3,000 payout. There's no $1,000 prize for that night. You don't see him there because the money's not there. So what do you want? You know, you got to think of it. Like, what do you really want? Is it cool for them to make money? Hell yeah. They put in the time. They're the best in the world of the games. They deserve to get paid. But then there's always a poison to everything, you know? And what, what are we sacrificing? We're sacrificing some of the love of the game. We're sacrificing, you know, just it, everything's becoming Hollywood. And is that what we really want? So I'm, I guess I'm giving people the option. Let's have a – we have a home here. Like I said, we're not here one day a week. We're here every day. You want to come play? You want to come hang out? Like, we're here. We're not Hollywood. We talk to anyone. We make newcomers feel welcome. That's what we're here for. We're not here to put on a, a show and, you know, like, if that's what they want to do, if that's what they're trying to put on a show, cool. They're doing a good job. People watch it, and they're putting on a show. But how does that benefit the rest of the community? we got to ask ourselves. And, you know, you know oh, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm done. Go ahead, bro. So, like, when the 09 era happened, um, I feel like probably a lot of people were excited. Like, the OGs were, you know, it was like, damn, there's a lot of life coming back in. Were you excited, and has that perception changed at all? So, I actually got back in the game because people were talking shit like that's that's my motivation factor to get better right and there was this thing between you know gutex he he got good at the game and he you know he, he won the big tournament and then you know he just starts you know talking shit because i guess as old school players we just talk shit and he was part of you know in between the old school and new school and he was you know he was feeling himself and that motivated me to play and i was like fuck there's some money involved and then all of a sudden there's like this tournament with a 40 dollar buy-in at a nucleus museum or whatever it's called an art gallery <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah, I'll play that shit, dude. And then we played, and I wound up getting second. And I was like, damn, that's pretty nice. You know, I won like 350 bucks that night when we split the pot with the Happy Tang. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. Actually, we, we, we split like 1100 So it was like 550 between us just for just for playing Street Fighter. And I was like, damn, that's pretty nice because we used to travel out of town, and we'd be lucky to win like two or three tournaments first place. We'd be lucky if we broke even on flight and travel and food and everything. So that was kind of cool in the beginning, but then it kind of started rolling out of control, you know? And like I said, it, it felt like a corporate takeover and, you know, I'm not, I'm not cool with that. Now, is there a way that corporations could come in and give us money in a way that you would approve of? Like, how, how does that look? You know, I, I like how uh, some of these TOs do it, like Keats and these guys and uh, like the latest E-League, I guess, what, what game was it? Injustice or something where they had a big prize pool, but they broke it down, like where seventh and eighth place, or tied for seventh, you got a thousand dollars, and the the spread was a little bit lower spread out. You don't have to give first place like twenty grand, and then like eighth place gets nothing. I like it when they spread out the money. That's that's really cool, and I think 
I think if they do it that way, it doesn't really affect the players too much, and it'll still keep people motivated. Because think about it. If you're the fourth best guy at the game, why are you going to go and spend money and travel to a tournament if you know you're not going to get top three and you have zero dollars? Like, I think that's a, I think that's a bad thing. But having a, you know, having an equal breakdown, I think helps if they're going to distribute money amongst the community. I think that's cool. What about, I mean, as a TO, if a, if a company is like, I'll give you 10 grand for this tournament, what, what would make you not take it? It's hard to say I'll reject money and people can call bullshit on me, but there's certain people I just won't take money from. Okay. Um, okay. It depends what they're about. You know, are, are they here to stick with us long term? What's, what, what are they asking from us? Like, I had a I had a pretty big company. I don't want to name who they are because I don't want to put them on blast. But there's a pretty big company that's still involved in the FGC. When I kind of needed a few bucks to finish the place, I was asking them, hey, do you have any options for me? You know, do you guys feel like in, uh, influxing some money in here and uh, see what I can do for you? And, dude, they blatantly said, we'll give you 30 grand, but we want full use of your venue on any weekend of our choice at any time. And I was like, bro, I'm not going to sell out for 30 grand. That's, that's like chump change, like. I have 300 grand in here. I'm, I'm going to give you full access and full everything for 30 grand. So it was like, it was one of those things where I'm like, dude, I'd rather go hustle, go, you know, sell some cars, go play some poker, make some money, than have to take the 30 grand from this company and give them full, full power over everything. And another thing I don't like, I, you know, I, I don't know if it's going to come back to me or not, but I don't like how the fact that Capcom kind of took over, like, streaming the final eight from all these, uh, all these tournaments nowadays like when i first heard about it, i was like damn and i know the offer was real low. i know they were giving them like two thousand dollars or something something really small like that when it first came out i don't know what the money is now but for them to take away like the top eight from from you know final round or top eight from ncr or scr or any of these tournaments like i think that's i think that's kind of like they just bullied their way like hey this is our game it's going to be like this take it or leave it or you can't stream our game i mean anymore. they have the right to do that though right We've been streaming the game for years. Imagine if nobody streamed their game. Mm. Would they even have this opportunity? Would they even have the thought of doing this? They just put the game out. They make their money, and that's what they're happy with. And I think I think they got greedy in a sense by doing that. But like I said, I mean, it's just my opinion, and I don't even know, man. It's it is what it is, right? And then I know for a fact, Evo, they wanted to take away a, a certain amount of games from Evo, and Evo's like, hell no. And then. They made it get down to like a top eight or something like that. But I know they wanted like to take like the top 64 or something like that away from evil viewers. And I know that was fought for by that crew. So so I don't want to end on doom and gloom, but you haven't given us a lot of real talk here. Um, I'm just curious to wrap up this interview, if you can just give us what your prognosis is for where we're headed as the FGC, uh, what you think, um, what do you think will happen, you know, five years from now? It's, it's really hard to say. I am... Uh, I'm in this for the long haul right now. I'm probably going to buy this building if everything goes okay. It doesn't even have to go well. Just go okay. Uh, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure the community is still around. I'm going to keep running tournaments. I'm going to keep charging a very small venue fee, enough to just you know stick around. If money gets influx, then that money will get kicked down to the players, to you know, to people that deserve it. But I, I don't know. Like I see a lot of selling out. I see a lot of people willing to you know turn over all their all their power to to Capcom. I don't know. I don't know who's going to be running Capcom. I know they just got rid of, you know, or Combo Fiend left. I don't know exactly what went down. Or I'd rather not talk about it. I know Capcom's out of there. Seth has been out of there. We had some good people in Capcom, and now it's like, I don't know. I don't know who's in charge over there right now. Hopefully, you know, they'll keep it up. Like, games games are very important to a lot of people, and I hope it just doesn't go, like, 
down to like this free to play fucking model and all this like LOL and Dota. I hope it doesn't wind up like I hope fighters stay strong and I hope they keep producing good games and you know who knows? We got new Soul Calibur coming out. Maybe Street Fighter Six will be more of a fan. I don't know, more friendly to the fans. I don't know. I know people don't like five right now, so I hope they do something about it. So we'll see. Right on, dog. Anything else uh, you want to leave us with before we uh, say goodbye? No. Uh, thanks for putting me on. Absolutely, you know, man. We're gonna be we're gonna be running our tournament next Wednesday, guys. You know, if you can show up, cool. Come support us, and uh, we'll, we'll always promise you a, a competitive environment, a friendly environment, and you know, we don't even got all the lights and the glass. Oh, <laughs> the cap cops came in and uh, cut his internet. <laughs> Watson, are you there? Mike, can you hear us? Um, you can follow Mike at, at SuperDojo uh, on Twitter. Follow him and get updates on the uh, tournament uh, or his uh, happenings there at the, uh, God bless, chat's going nuts over this. <laughs> um, sorry, Mike, that you got cut off there. It doesn't look like uh, he's unfrozen, but... They uh, are having their tournament this Wednesday. They're having their tournament this Wednesday. We'll or next Wednesday, I think. Right, uh, correct. A week from... Well, we can ask him on Twitter, but... Um, Shout-outs to Mike for coming on. Uh, I think Skype just died on us. <laughs> uh, we do appreciate his time, his thoughts. It's interesting. It's kind of like, uh, you know, Star Wars analogy, the Force. you got the light side and the dark side, and they keep each other in balance. I think that we needed a Mike Watson and even a Mike Ross AMA to kind of check us all and uh, keep us grounded and maybe add some context. Certainly. There's a lot of Pro Tour left for uh, 2018, and hopefully more Pro Tours for the future. I hope so. And, uh, you know, not to sound so... Uh, on one sided, I am super excited about the CPT. It has been exciting. I did fall asleep during NCR Grand Finals, but um, there's been great moments and a lot to talk about and a lot to be uh, excited about. So, we want to thank you guys for watching. This has been Best of Five. We do it every Tuesday. Thank you for everybody who subbed and followed, and uh, join us next week.